open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and stand with me one more time if you're able. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Yeah, I've done my camps. I did them, oh my goodness, years and years, three and four and five weeks. About killed me. Y'all ready for a quick funny story that has nothing to do with spiritual things? So I'm, I'm a guy that I'll go, I'll give you 120%. I'm doing all the cheers and the skits and the competitions, but my body just, it doesn't shut down gradually. I'll just be, you'll be at my house. We'll have company over and then one eye will close and Kelly go, you're fading. I'm gone. It's like the battery, just the flashlight's bright and gone. So I'm at camp and we get our kids in the cabin and I told them, I said, you goodness, bread. But I did it sweetly with the fruit spirit. Nobody move. I'm tired. So I go to bed. No air conditioning in this camp. Oh, they got it made now. They have air conditioning, oscillating fans, and we sweat like cultured hogs. And then the attic fan would cut on, and then you'd freeze. So about 4 o'clock in the morning, the district youth director comes in my cabin, pushes the door open, and goes, John, where are your kids? I got 30-something kids. And I'm like, I am, you know when you're asleep, but then you're coma asleep, you know, like, the answer's Kansas. I, I didn't know where I was, anything. I'm the only guy in the cabin. All the kids are gone. They're all in the woods. They'd hung flashlights up in the trees. They're playing football. And I come out there in my little boxer shorts. I say, y'all get in this cabin. I got it, man. I got it under control. Y'all get in this cabin. So understand, I told you that to tell you this. Your kids are in better hands with Chris <laughs> than they are with me. That's why we sin the best we have. Okay. That's a true story. They talked about me for a long time after that. You can trust your children to me. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, if you're there, say amen. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We who are believers walking with the Lord, we're troubled on every side, but not distressed, We're perplexed, which means we might not have all the answers, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. We who are believers are always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live, and that's spiritually, are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Very quickly, just look at that verse. Compare that to modern day television Christianity that invites you to your best life now. Come on. Christianity invites you to die. Jesus' invitation says, we are always delivered unto death. For Jesus' sake, that in death his life might be manifested in us. So death worketh in us and life in you. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe, therefore I've spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For these reasons, for this cause, we faint not. Though our outward man perishes, our inward man is being renewed day by day. And our light affliction, which is but for a moment, say that with me, moment, 
Well, John, it's been years here. No, in the light of eternity, that phrase, in the light of eternity, these afflictions are for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And here's my anchor text. We, we are not to, we are not to look at the things which are present, visible, that you can touch, see, taste, smell. It doesn't mean not see them. It means don't focus upon them. We're not to focus on the things which are seen, but on the unseen. For the things you see are temporal. But the things which you don't see are eternal. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. And would you do one other thing for me? Would you pray for me as I pray for myself this morning? Father, I stand before you today knowing that you see every part of my life. And like the people in here, when I uh, stumble or stray or say something unkind or look at something inappropriate or listen to something inappropriate or gossip... I feel what they feel. And even though I repent to you in private, I don't want to ever presume. I don't know, Lord, I just want to apologize in public for my failures and my sins. I don't know what I would do without your grace. I know I'd be consumed. I know that. And I'm not self-deprecating in front of people. I just want to humble myself. I don't ever want to appear or try to appear as something that I'm not. I am forgiven and I know you love me. And I just, I'm sorry again for my willingness to be so immature. And I ask you to help me to grow up to be the man, the father, uh, the son, the friend, and the preacher that you've called me to be. Anoint me today, I pray, Lord, for your glory's sake. Let your words flow like water to the lowest place in our heart and let it find its home and bring forth fruit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the greatest tragedies that I see among fellow believers, along with, you know, there's, there's so many things today like carnality where Christians just live like hell and they name the name of Jesus. That's, that's a whole different sermon. I see deception that is everywhere. It's rampant. And the reason deception is so prominent, it's not that the deceivers are more anointed today than they were before. It's that the people aren't students of the word of God like they used to be and they're easily tricked. Whole nother sermon. But this morning, I want to talk to you on the subject of temporal things, temporal, temporary, the opposite of eternal. And one of the saddest things I notice in the life of believers is that they overvalue temporal things and undervalue eternal things. They focus on temporal things. And push off to the side eternal things. They work for temporal things. And disregard eternal things. Temporal things consume them. And by temporal I mean in this life. 
And I, please, when I, when I say things like this, I'm not taking shots at people. I'm taking shots at this shallow, immature interpretation of the word of God. My best life isn't now. <laughs> My best life is tomorrow. <laughs> we are suffering today. We're going to reign there. We're outcast today. We're going to be accepted there. We're... we're uh, 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 looking through a glass darkly here, but then we're going to see him face to face. We are to be eternally minded. And when you're temporally minded, you make temporal decisions. And what you value shows up in your time, affections, resources, and plans. And we can say we value eternal things, but are they the meal? Or are they the addition to the meal, like salt and pepper? This phrase, not being a scripture, has had great impact in your pastor's life. And it is this. What, would this, what is this in the light of eternity? What is this in the light of eternity? That offense. In the light of eternity. This sacrifice. In the light of eternity. This ministry in the light of eternity, that gives you, that question, when you answer it honestly and correctly, gives you eternal perspective. My life, the Bible says, another very humbling verse, my life is a vapor, it appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. Like every, every, almost every time I see a pot on the stove, you know, when we make macaroni, when you have kids, you just make macaroni. I wish they could do it to where you could make it and it just sit on the counter for weeks and weeks and you just scoop it out, you know. We just make it all the time. And I see those little wisps of, of air, I mean, of vapor come up off the top of it. It's gone. I think of my earthly dad who had a life like me and a wife like me and babies like me. I've already outlived him 14 years. His life appeared but for a moment and vanisheth away. Your greatest regret or your greatest joy will be connected to how you treated temporal things and eternal things. Those who do not plan for their retirement hate retirement. And those who do not plan for heaven will have regret in heaven. You know that verse where it said, He'll wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Neither shall there be sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things will be passed away. That comes after the Bema Seat of Christ. Where we're judged for our works and our opportunities. And if he did not wipe away the tears, we would be eternally regretful. And what I hope this sermon does, I hope it gets inside of you like a godly parasite and eats away at you. Is this, does this matter? Is this eternal? Now, I'm not one of those that God don't want you happy. You can't, you know, do you enjoy bread? Yeah, can't eat it. God doesn't want you to enjoy it. No, no. Temporal things are for my pleasure, not my purpose. Enjoy them, but don't overvalue them. Okay, number one, example of temporal things. And I I know this is common knowledge, but I want to set the base for the next two points. If it's in the world, it's temporal. 
Where you live, food, clothing, pleasures, appetites, being your own person, status, possessions, popularity, wealth, health, success, all that the world focuses on. And then you go into the church and they tell you how to obtain these things. (laughs) These things are for the using, but they are crowns made of aluminum foil. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. I'm going to give you a visual that I trust God will sear into your heart. Imagine a conveyor belt like uh, the width of a city. And all the people are running to the conveyor belt and putting the temporal things that matter on the belt. My car, my, oh, if we could just get this house. Oh, God, if we could just, if I could just get this house. Oh, wouldn't you look good in this car? Yeah, but I wouldn't look good with them payments. And another whole sermon. And oh, my, I, my, my shirt has a horse on it. Mine has a gator on it. Well, mine's blue. I like it. It's fine. I'm good. And they strive for all these things and they get all these possessions, but everything goes on the conveyor belt. And it's heading to the fire of God. Christ Chapel is not making heaven. This building is not making heaven. My cutlass, sad to say, is not making heaven. It's going to the conveyor belt. And many Christians spend their whole life stocking a conveyor belt. Temporal things are given to us by God. The sin comes when we overvalue them. It's just a shirt, buddy. Yeah, we, you know, like the guy driving down the street. Young people do it. Middle-aged people do it. Old people do it. Young guy. He's got a $300 car with a $1,200 stereo and $1,800 tires. And then he's got purple lights under it that flash. And then he's got a horn that blows. And, you know, I just want to go, we see you. We see you. He wants to be. And then the middle-aged guy, he's going through crisis. He's in his Miata convertible with his shirt unbuttoned down to his navel and all the hair coming out. And he's got a gold cross and we knew he loved Jesus. You know, he's... We see you. We live, and then they name their subdivision. We live here. Conveyor belt. Your youth vanishing away. Your possessions vanishing away. They're temporal They're temporal. So what are we to do? We're to work and use them like you use food. I'm not trying to be graphic, but Jesus said, he said, what is it? Food, you eat it and it passes through you and goes to the restaurant. It's, it's, just, it's just that. But the world has taught us to value and to, oh, and to, it's all about this world and how you're known in this world. And Jesus talks to the people that work in ministry just to be seen. He said, they have their reward. They wanted it in this world. They wanted recognition and appreciation. They got it. Nothing for them at home. There is, outside of your love for Jesus and consecration and separation from the world, there's nothing more important than an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective will keep you, keep you safe. It will enrich you. And it will make it easy for you to make decisions. All things we can use in this world. And enjoy them if they're lawful. But never controlled by anything. 
Your life can be affected by the absence of something, by the presence of something, but it should never be defined by it. Now, I'm going to go a step further. And, you know, your spouse is temporal. Somebody's looking straight ahead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't, don't look left or right, you know. And I hear people say, you know, and they'll say, well, Brother John, in, in heaven, will we be husband and wife? No, listen, we'll know as we've been known. But that union will be eclipsed with such resplendent glory that it will be as nothing. I'll know you. We was married, weren't we? But in heaven... And that makes our flesh recoil because we want to hold on to my children. It's temporal. They are God's children, not yours. And get mad with me if you want to. My health, temporal. My possessions, temporal. So what is, the, what is a man to do in the faith? Enjoy them fully and lift your hands as high as they can go and thank God for them and understand that nothing Temporal makes it into heaven. Nothing. I'm glad I'm leaving my body here. Y'all, hey, y'all can have it. Ain't no, you know, like refurbishing, scrap everything. Start over. Things, people, relationships, possessions may add to your life, but they do not have life within them. Temporal things should never be the focus of our prayers. We are to pray about everything. We're to pray about relationships. It's okay to long for companionship and pray for health and all those things. But the focus, the priority, the preeminence of our prayer life should be that my life brings glory to God. Ask the Lord for those things. It's okay. And enjoy those things. It's even okay to long for those things. But when they're the preeminent focus of your prayer life, you're living temporally and you will live disappointed. Now, I'm going to go again here. And I, oh, I hope I get to all of it. I got so much tea. But I have to use illustrations that will grab you. Okay. There is not a kinder, best person in the world that I could have married than Kelly McCory. Now listen to me. So how could I ever be disappointed? I'm sure that she's been disappointed with me. She's told me. Uh, <laughs> now listen. Everything temporal eventually disappoints. Everything temporal dissipates. Any of you got pictures from me in college? I want to tell y'all, I was fine in college. I, straight up fine. I had the washboard going before those were cool. You know, Kelly made a comment. She goes, I only have like three pictures from college. She goes, you ain't never got your shirt on. I, I was working it. I was, it was, I, had it. I worked out all the time. Temporary. Temporary. You married that guy with all them flowing locks, and all the flowing locks are on his back. Now, there ain't none on his head. They're just flowing. Temporary. Everything is temporary. 
Is there anything sadder to you than someone in their seven? Well, of course there are, but this isn't this sad. You see it, someone in their 70s or 80s trying to hold on to their youth. And, you know, it's like they're, man, you can get so many surgeries, you know, kids don't know who you are. And you're trying to just, just hold on. It's temporary. And God, his grace designed it as such. And he lets me see when my house deteriorates and my cars deteriorate and my body deteriorates and our relationships disappoint, even our children that grow up and disappoint us and there's schism and or they die and are gone from us and taken from us and there's all this. He, he teaches us over and over and over. Don't hold on to those things. They're dying. Enjoy them, but they're dying. Use them, but they're dying. Thank God for them, but they're dying. You need to understand the difference between temporal and internal and don't overvalue temporal things. Number two, characteristics of temporal things. They are by name and nature temporary and they will never be eternal except for maybe dogs. I think dogs go to heaven. Cats ain't making it. Ain't no cats. Jennifer, wherever you are, sorry, they ain't making it. There's no cats. Anything you scratch on the back and it's tea honey goes up there, that ain't going to heaven. That's not, that's not a good thing. Something wrong, grief. You scratch it. There's something wrong with that. Temporal things are not necessarily evil, but can become evil based on how they're viewed. Temporal things always depreciate. Here's how you can tell if something's temporal or eternal. Eternal things appreciate, temporal things depreciate. Christ Chapel depreciates. My investment in you, can I be as honest with you as I know how to be, or just as descriptive? I'm not in love with the ministry. I am not a proponent of Christ Chapel Assembly of God. I love preaching because he gave me the call to do that and I feel I'm in my element, but I have an eternal mindset and I am sowing into the only appreciable asset in the world is people. Smart businessman. You appreciate, though your outward man is coming apart. Your inward man is being renewed day by day. I shared this with you. Temporal things are always in the process of dying, fading, withering, breaking down, growing weak. And temporal things are the tools and bait that Satan uses against the believer to tempt you, to distract you, to deceive you, to occupy you, to steal from you God's plans and God's treasures. Because he knows if he can get you focused on temporal things, there are so many of them that it'll consume your life. Take no thought, which means don't focus on where you're going to live and what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat. Look at the lilies of the field. They don't even think about it. And God clothes them with such splendor that no master weaver can touch it. And the birds of the air, they never walk around. I wonder how we're going to eat today. I wonder how we're going to eat today. God provides for them. And are you not worth much more than sparrows? Don't, don't spend your life overvaluing things that God will give you freely. Don't clutch them. Just enjoy them. Just use, enjoy my babies while they're mine. 
enjoy my wife while she's mine. But my wife could die. My babies could die. Their daddy could die. All that matters is what you have done. Now, let me see. This side of being born again. Once you're born again, all that matters is what you've done for eternity. Because the cross and the resurrection was what he did for you. Your works, your perspective. See, perspective generates works. If I'm thinking eternally, I'll do works for eternity. And those works are carried over. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Not on the earth. Because on the earth, rust and moss and thieves and corruption comes to all of it. But in heaven, it never diminishes. It never diminishes. Temporal things reveal our true selves. Those that love money, love prestige, love appearances, love possessions. Early on in my ministry, and you know, you need to understand that I know that you guys did not get cream of the crop. Pastor, now just hear me. I'm not self-deprecating. Just hear me. I'm not educated. Never been to Bible college. No summa cum laude, magna cum laude. Just thank you, laude. Glad to be here. Yes. You know, see, when I say stuff like that, I lose my place, Chris. And I got to figure out what I was saying. Hold on. Okay. I remember early on watching pastors, and I'm not judging. This was just me being in the formidable years. And they, like they had split personalities. They talked to me like this. How are you, John? Good, good. How's the church? Great. And they'd get up to, if you have your Bibles, turn to, what happened to the other guy? What what happened to the, and they had a preacher voice. And, you know, that means he's an actor. And if he's an actor, how do I know when you're being you? And how do I know? Because see, they want you to be, Impressed. I want you to be impressed. I mean, now I think you ought to wash and shave and take care of yourself. And hygiene's a godly thing. It's a wonderful thing. You know, and all of that. But my point is, when it crosses over into self-awareness, and I want to make sure I look a certain way or I have to be perceived a certain way. You know, I'll come to church 30 minutes late just because my hair will be right. Oh, I hit something then, didn't it? It matters more to me what they think of my hair than what God thinks. And us guys don't have that problem. It's right. It's right. Ready to go. Temporal things. And what you value shows me about you. Your truest self is revealed in how you view, utilize, and esteem temporal things. Temporal things are the things that Christians swap for eternal rewards. And by that I mean they will ignore eternal rewards and choose the temporal. And they never satisfy. Oh, if I can just be married. If I can just get, if I can just get out of high school. Lord, help me. Just get out of high school. Great. I'm going to go to college. Lord, if I can just get, go to college. If I can just get out of college. Help me, Jesus. They're serious at college about this education. Oh, if I can just find somebody. I can just find somebody. 
And then you're with them about two years. Lord, give me children lest I die. I need some help. I need to add this. And then you get the children and go, God, I didn't say crazy children. I said normal children. And then you go, you got your children. Lord, if I can just get them grown. Do you see how this progresses? The truth never satisfies. Nothing that's added to my life satisfies completely. That's how I know it's temporal. Now, can I enjoy? Yeah, you can have a wonderful marriage, happy marriage, love your children, but you know you're eternally minded when that doesn't satisfy you. You said, I will live in this and utilize this and be blessed by this, but I'm not living for today. This is not the dance. This is the dress rehearsal. The dance is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Number three, how we view and handle temporal things. Don't overvalue them. Here's how you can tell if you overvalue them. Strap in, turbulent weather just ahead, by the way. Just. Do I use God to get them? Or do I use them to honor God? Now, that does not mean do not pray for temporal things. That's using the Lord. That's calling upon the Lord. But do I, do I want to have a spouse to honor God? Do I want to have children and honor God through that? that? And see, you can value a family without overvaluing the family. And this is hard speak for people that live in the West because they go, that's ridiculous. No, the pre- preeminent desire of the believer if they're healthy, should be to bring glory to God. And then say, but I long greatly to have a family. Wonderful. But to glorify God is preeminent. Do I view temporal things as entitlement and rights? Or am I humbled by them? Does the absence of temporal things make me at odds with God? Or do the presence of temporal things make me forget about God? Remember when God said, now when I bring you into the land, I'm going to bring you into cities that you didn't build. And the land's going to flow with milk and honey. And the grapes, you're going to carry them in on poles. It's going to take men to carry them. Don't get in the land and forget about me. Temporal things, if they're withheld, here's how you know if you overvalue them. If they're withheld, we're upset with God. And if we get them, we forget about God. My home that we live in now, our home, many days, I'll pull in the driveway and I'll just stop my car and I'll go, you just would give this to me, Lord? I really view it that way. I see my babies and my wife and I go, what did I ever do? And the answer quickly, nothing. I just, I blessed you. I blessed you. So if it makes me forget about God, if my family and my house and this season of blessing that I'm in, and I've been on both sides of the fence. So I understand. I understand poor house, penthouse, sick, well, you know, sorrow, joy. You know you're right when you're blessed and it just drives you lower and lower to your knees and you can't stop thanking the Lord. You're not forgetting about God. You're more conscious of God than you've ever been because his blessings were undeserved. Will I get ahead of God or go outside of God to get it? 
That's how you can tell if it's overvalued. Am I willing to forfeit eternal treasures and reward to have it? One of the most puzzling scriptures, but it's puzzling, but the older you live, the more you understand it. When Esau came in and Joseph was cooking the the, the meat and the stew, and he was so hungry. Of course, when you're carnal, you always exaggerate. And he said, I'm dying. I'm dying. No, you ain't dying. Big old man hunts with his hands, kills bears with his hands. You ain't dying. And he, and he told Joseph he would swap his spiritual birthright for a bowl of soup. He said, what good is a birthright if I die? And Christians will swap their eternal rewards for temporary comforts and pleasures. It's the same thing. I like soup. But I'm not going to overvalue it. Is anybody else amazed at how high the prices are getting eaten out? Nobody besides me? Oh, y'all all eat at home. We, we eat out a good bit. I walk in, I go, they're proud of this pizza. $29 a piece. I'm like, good. I could feed a third world nation for three months or buy this pizza. They overvalue. And Craigslist kills me. Y'all, I, I see funny stuff in everything. See, y'all get these little snippets. You have no idea what lurks in this mind, what churns in this mind. I see Craigslist. Saw one this week. It was a car. It was like a 2001, 350,000 miles on it. You know what was in the title? Like new. It looked like it'd been dropped from helicopters, you know, running into Baja, through Beirut, like new. No, you've overvalued that. That's a piece of junk. And in its day, and then they'll write something, car 20 years old, paid 36. I don't care what you paid for it. It looks like a bomb hit it. It's overvalued. Got a clock with no, no, no hour hand, $5. Garage sale, $5. It doesn't have an hour hand, lady. It's not a clock. Anyway, see, those things, they bother me. (laughs) Moving on. Don't be anxious about them. How should you view them? I told you, like the birds of the air. Just don't don't worry about them. Enjoy them. Now, don't be one of those, um, walk around with a monk hood on and, um, the Lord gave me this, um, um. No, be a little kid. Dance around at the pleasures God's given you. Enjoy life. Celebrate your children. Celebrate your wife. Enjoy. Be jovial. Celebrate God, but understand that it's dying. It's passing away. It's on the conveyor belt. So enjoy it while I sit. But don't be anxious. View them as fleeting, vanishing away. Don't put your trust in them. Don't depend upon temporal things because they cannot support you. Money can't support. See, when you're young, you think that money, you know, is the key to everything. Well, it's a key to a lot. Money answers a lot of things. But for that man that can't digest his own food... And sits at home and he has the money. He's not in a nursing home because he has money. And people come and take care of him. And they have to feed him through his arm. And his liver is shutting down. You see? You, you, you tend to, as you get older, understand that temporal things do not matter really in the grand scheme of things at all. 
It's only what we have done for the Lord Jesus Christ outside, with a pure motive that will be rewarded in heaven. I had a buddy of mine whose son was in jail uh, for some... It was small, but it was enough to have him incarcerated. And he was going to be gone for a year or two. And there was a preacher that come over talking to him and was uh, trying to encourage him. And um, the dog was chewing on his couch. It was pulling on his couch and pulling it apart. And the preacher was, uh, 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 your dog's, he goes, I don't care. My son just got, I don't care. So please just understand that in that moment, that view, the important thing is my son's over here. I don't care about the couch. I mean, I do, but it doesn't matter in the light of what is happening I could not care less that the dog is eating the couch. See, and with eternal perspective, you say, well, that's important. But in the light of eternity, it doesn't really matter that they're not talking to me. It doesn't really matter that they don't believe. In the light of eternity, it doesn't matter that my car is three years old or five years old and six years old. I do want it running, Lord. I, I do ask. I just, you know, anybody else ever laid hands on your car? Has anybody in here anointed your car with oil? That's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. I've prayed for mine though. Jesus, help it. I, I had to have a prayer chain before. Anyway. Ben, if you would come up, please. Don't be defined. Oh, don't be defined by something temporal. Oh, I don't want to be defined by being a pastor. There are no pastors in heaven. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm unemployed. Let me tell you about Jesus. Shut up. The Lamb of God is right here. Don't be defined by what you do. It's who you are. We are children of the living God. Sons and daughters. Honorable or dishonorable. Effective or ineffective. Here it is. Profitable are unprofitable. You are not what you do. This is an assignment. There's no glory in me being pastor. The glory comes when he says, if he says, well done. You was good, John. And you were faithful. I didn't give you many gifts. But you had an eternal perspective and you worked it. And some of us are more proud today of what we've accomplished than we are that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And that's because it may not be evil, it could be immaturity. We are more temporally minded than eternally minded. Eternally minded people think of eternal things first. Don't esteem them because they cannot remain. Temporal things are like toys for a child. Love them, enjoy them, play with them. But know this, you will eventually not need or want them. Well, what do you mean? And I don't mean this. When I get the illustrations, all I can do is explain it to you as I see it, okay? And I'm not trying to be crass or crude. But when you're in your 20s 
and you're with the person you love and you're, you know, you, you, you desire them so much emotionally and physically and, and sexually. And the older you get, and the Bible speaks of pleasure, of Sarah saying that she no longer had pleasure. There was that faded away. And when your eyes go dim and your teeth begin to come out, and you're, you're, everything's loud, but it's not clear. The things that meant the most, it wasn't that they were bad. They were temporal. And I went and saw Miss Doris June. I, I saw her a whole bunch before she went home. I love talking to saints before they go home. And her mind would come and go, and we'd sing hymns, and we'd start to talk. Her, her husband's gone. Her sight was gone. Her hearing was gone. Her mind was coming and going. But her spirit would leap when I sang about Jesus. And she would sing, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. She'd go. And if you were to ask her, you take a picture of a very attractive man. Seductive pose means nothing. Picture of a house means nothing picture of a car close means nothing the older you get you understand that all of those things are vanishing only eternal things are eternal use them use them anybody know what it feels like to be used okay use temporal things Lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. There's a man here. He's a friend of mine in this church that owns several rental properties. Hard worker. Fixes them up. It's no... At any given time, he'll have three, four, five people in there that pay nothing. He'd never tell you. I'm not going to tell you who he is. Never tell you. He said, I'll put you up. I'll put you up. Oh, he's a good guy. No, he understands that every cup of cold water given in his name... So if you add up 600, 700 a month, times 10, times 12. So if it's times 12, 700, that's 8,400 a year. If you have five houses, that's $40,000. Where'd that go? It just wasted. They didn't, no, no, no. It went ahead. We teach the children. So those labors go ahead. The people that lead our worship to get here early before we've even had breakfast. For you, oh Lord, for you. See, it's a mindset. Send it ahead. Send it ahead. Work for eternal things. Here's the contrast and I close. When we serve men, we get temporal recognition. When we do all things as under the Lord, we receive eternal recognition. When we hoard resources and possessions, we have temporal abundance. When we give and share, we have reserved for ourselves eternal abundance. When we're silent, we enjoy temporal acceptance with the world. When we boldly stand with God and contend for the truth, we receive an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. When we live for the moment, we enjoy temporal pleasure. When we live for eternity, we will enjoy eternal pleasures forevermore. We all have the same choice. We're either spending our lives 
are investing our lives. We all have the same choice in every moment and every day to balance it out. Love my wife, love my babies, enjoy them, thank them. But I can either raise my babies for myself or raise them for the glory of the Lord. And listen, I'm not boasting, man. I fall so short. I'm like y'all. I'm like, God, I am a mess. I, I just, but you have to be diligent. You have to really make yourself think eternal, think eternal. And it can be big things or small things. It can be giving a car away for the glory of the Lord. It can be selling a house away and giving it to a missionary. It can be teaching children about Jesus. One just quick thing to share. I'm conscious of it. You know, when I prepare for sermons, it's in my mind all the time. This morning in worship, I had Vivi right here sitting with me. And when my girls are with me, I'm also conscious not of just worshiping the Lord, but train them, teach them. So I'm whispering in her ear all the lyrics. And I said, oh, Vivi, just tell the Lord you love. Just tell the Lord you love. Why? I'm investing. Not today. I'm raising this, not my daughter, his. You see? And that changes everything. When you watch children, Jesus wouldn't watch. (laughs) You know, for the Lord, it changes everything. When I clean the house and the husband never notices, but we sing unto the Lord. You see, eternal perspective changes everything. Now, don't let this be a guilt sermon, but it ought to make you real uncomfortable. How much is in your account? Are we all in agreement none of us can make heaven? It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, so he provided entrance. Outside of that, he provides nothing. It's what we've sent ahead. So, ask the Lord, who can I invest in? How? Who can I help raise? Who can I help educate? Who, who can I? And you'll find that you, to be eternally minded, you will decrease. You will diminish. Your bank account will go down. Your time will go down. But you'll start to be aware the closer you get to the finish line that there'll be people on the other side. I just, and I know I'm five minutes over. Just please just give me two minutes and I promise I'll close. I dream about that day. It'll make me cry in a minute that one day I'm going to stand before the Lord and somebody in this room, he's going to call on and say, did John ever help you? What did, what did John do for the glory, for my glory? And they're going to stand and say, let me tell you the sermon that he preached so-and-so and so a day. And I know what I'm going to do. My head will be just so bowed and my heart's going to say, yes. For you, Lord, for you. And here's the most beautiful part. I've waited all day to tell you about this. Everybody starts at the same start line. Do it. He understands their different giftings. You have the same amount of time. You can make a deposit. If you're going to hashtag anything, you can make a deposit anytime you choose in heaven. You can make a deposit any moment of the day in heaven temporal things are temporal but eternal things are eternal would you bow your heads with me this morning God I pray for us today 
that you would peel back the scales of our eyes that we might see clearly. And not, if any part of this, Lord, if I messed it up and it was condemning, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be sobering at the opportunity that we have to bless others and to bring glory to Jesus in the prisons, teaching and preaching, in the children's church, teaching and preaching, bringing people with no family into our homes, buying meals for the person that's lonely at work and has no one to go to lunch with. For the name, if we do it in your name, there's great reward there. Give us, God, I pray that you would give us an eternal perspective that we would weigh our days carefully. And I do want to, I know there's men in this room, I can sense it, men and women. We thank you, Lord, for our blessings. You have been so rich to us. Help us to be good stewards. Help us, oh Lord, to be good stewards. Would you stand with us this morning? This is my very last, last thought. Perfect records. Perfect records are kept in heaven. Date, time, intention, motive, sacrifice, amount, the way it was done. Perfect records. And something simple as, hey, how are you doing today? If the motive was to bring glory to God, we'll receive reward. Lay not up for yourselves treasures in this world where rust and moth and thieves can steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Be eternally minded for the name of Je- for the sake and name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you today.